0: Hello colleagues, hello friends, and welcome to The Corporation, the podcast that's too fun to fail. I'm your host, Dean Ardenfell, coming at you from quarantine in my basement studio apartment. Each week, I call up two employees of Hogswood Cooper Media, the worldwide conglomerate that owns everything from private militaries to daycare centers. Together, we'll learn about and celebrate the folks who work for the many subsidiaries of this remarkable company. As always, I'm required to state that I am not employed by Hogswood Cooper. But boy, am I a fan, and I think you're going to be too. So let's get into it, shall we? My first guest is a regional property manager at Living the Dream, the mobile home provider that holds hundreds of parks around the country. In her position, she sets lot fees, coordinates rent collection, and manages tenant evictions. In her spare time, she enjoys making pillows with inspirational messages on them. Please welcome Darby Yamswood. Hello, Darby
1: hi there oh, I just love hearing myself described i am truly living my dream
0: well it's nice to hear that you're living a dream uh, and that that dream is yours um you get people speaking of dreams you get people into mobile homes who may not be able to afford regular houses is that is that right
1: Dean every house is a regular house okay and we don't even really oh, say see. mobile homes yeah. anymore we say tiny homes with wheels that oh, are I almost see. always parked in a lot,
0: that that makes sense because there is definitely like a trend toward the tiny home. So I could see why like a, a mobile home might be re sort of reimagined and rebranded as a tiny home uh, with wheels. Absolutely,
1: right. I mean it is just the best possible job. I I can't even tell you my days are filled with excitement and joy.
0: Well, that's great. Um, and you know it's interesting to hear you describe your position that way because I know you are responsible for some sort of uh some of the more unseemly parts of uh, of this industry you know I mean you're catering to people who may not be able to afford more traditional homes and so you've got these chattel loans with high interest rates and people get uh, into those loans um, and uh, and then potentially have problems with them uh, but that's you know that's that's uh that's the fine print they've got to read right
1: absolutely Dean I see myself as sort of a a tough love authoritarian mom or uh, that teacher that you hate but actually made you better uh Mm. i i make sure people stick to their agreements and do what we need them to do which is pay up i mean we don't need the money but we're teaching them a valuable lesson
0: absolutely i mean you you know you do uh you have shareholders to you know to accommodate, right?
1: You would not believe the big names that are interested in quietly uh, having a stake in tiny homes. I mean, so Steven Spielberg—he uh, wow. bought several of our lots uh, when he wow. made that '80s arcade movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, I have. There's many people I'm trying to please.
0: So there, so there is like a a certain degree of uh, of stardom in this industry.
1: Oh yeah. Are you saying I'm a star? I think.
0: Well, I mean, if the shoe fits, I suppose, (laughs) right? Yeah. Wow. The
1: glass slipper does indeed fit. It is glamorous. It is even glamorous when I am trying to evict not only human beings, but raccoons or other uh, opossum who may have taken up residence in our. Incredible units,
0: right? Right. Uh, I'm. Su- I suppose there's uh, a certain degree of glamour in all of that. What I think is so interesting about this is that you, um, you know, your company can really just raise the lot rent at, at whim whenever uh, they want. Um, oh yeah. And and uh and and that's got to be good for for profits because you know they're kind of uh it, it's a it's a scenario where um they may have bought the mobile home but they are renting the sp- the the land underneath it and it's difficult and uh and and expensive to move the mobile home so they're kind of for lack of a better word stuck there right
1: oh yes i mean the way that we determine our rent prices is uh it's a lot like picking a lottery number Uh, You want to choose some numbers that sound great, and uh, ideally it would be right on the edge of someone's comfort level where they're feeling aspirational, like they could pay for it, but you know they ultimately can't. Um, Mm. But you're going to give them that shot, you know? You're going to help them take that leap uh, I know it almost never works out for them, but it does really work out for us.
0: Interesting. And you, I mean, you've got like, uh, what happens when someone, uh, you know, you're in a situation where someone is uh, complaining that they, uh, they, they don't have f- the money for medication, uh, let alone this uh, exorbitant rent that you've jacked up the lot fees uh, on. Like, what do you, what do you do uh, in a scenario like that where it's your job to essentially get them to, to pay up or, or ship out?
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, in those cases, I do. Uh, I do have my secrets. Uh, one of them is uh, installing uh, a, like a bird feeder in their home so that they're suddenly over overwhelmed by outside creatures. And they're just they then they really focus on their home. So it
0: seems like a good big part of your job is is either uh, is either trying to get rodents and birds into homes or get them out of them.
1: A lot of vermin management. Yeah, I started in the vermin management uh, internship and then I work way up my way up. So that's Ah. sort of my specialty.
0: So so live in the Dream Mobile Parks uh, has a a vermin management uh, sort of internship internship program. Yes,
1: unpaid. Ah, Interesting. But there's a lot Mm -hmm. of opportunity there. I see. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and like, uh, so So, what is the sort of best part of your job, would you say? You seem like a very uh, optimistic person.
1: Uh, you know, the best part of my job is convincing folks to take on that second mobile home. Once really? in a while. You
0: actually get people to do that.
1: Once in a while, I, I have upsold um, wow. people, you know, they need more space They complain, oh, this is too small, this is horribly managed, it's so dirty around here. And so what I say is, why not double your room size? Um, And usually they have no choice because we we price it so it's just less than a two-bedroom apartment.
0: And I mean, do you uh, have you ever been accused of like, you know, entrapment or or really preying on the the least fortunate in our society?
1: Of course, we have been accused of all manner of terribly untrue things as if we're not just trying to do the right thing uh, for Mm. people and make a better America and a better world. What we usually say is get out, you're evicted.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, that's part of your job is to ensure the smooth exit of uh, spe- specific tenants. Um, and, mm-hmm. and also, it seems like you've had some uh, some experience um, uh, preventing uh, the tenants from forming sort of tenants unions and stuff. So mm-hmm. I wonder if you could speak to that sort of like uh, that part of your job, sort of tenant relations as it, re- a- a- as it pertains to preventing them from organizing and evicting uh, people who don't pay.
1: Well, Dean, that is... If I may say that, that's one of the fun parts, uh, Mm. because what we like to do is we like to get a good underground gossip rumor going about the tenant that we want to leave. Mm. Uh, And then the rest of the tenants, if you do your work right, uh, they just bully them out for you. And that is just it's just.
0: They bully them out for you.
1: Oh, yes. If you get the right rumor. If you get the right rumor going. What
0: are some of the good rumors that you could spread about someone that would uh, cause all of their neighbors to want them out?
1: Oh, well, of course, there's always mistaken identity that they're not who they say they are. They are, Ah. you know, you just go through an old newspaper, you find a cold case and okay. you just oh, wow. float the idea that the killer is still at large and matches the description of your tenant.
0: Wow. Now that is that is diabolical and and, and, and really in- intelligent. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun for you. Just playing essentially playing God with poor people's lives is fun.
1: I mean, I'm not going to say no.
0: Well, I mean, you're an optimistic person. That's the thing, right? This is not a job that you invented. This is a job someone has to do, and you're doing it, and you're having a great time doing it, and there's nothing that wrong with that, right? That is so
1: true, Dean, and you don't look like the 1985 Stonewall Strangler at all anymore. Oh,
0: wow. Thank you. I appreciate that, because it was my goal to get out of this podcast with uh, without being <laughs> without it being gently suggested that I was a murderer.
1: I've always got one in my back pocket, if I'm not sure if I like you yet.
0: I see. That's a smart thing to That's a smart thing to do. Um, well, well, folks, my second guest today is going to get you into the best shape of your life. But before we get to that, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Corporation is brought to you by Vermont Comedy Club, currently offering online classes and live streaming entertainment like kids comedy shows at 1 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Quarantine, the interactive game night on Thursdays at 7.30, screenplay, improv comedy at 7 every Friday, and a late night inspired show called Talk to Us Please on Fridays at 8. It all streams live to the Vermont Comedy Club Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels, and you can find out more by going to vtcomedy.com. Stay safe and stay healthy. And now, back to the show. And we're back. We've been talking with Darby Yamswood from Living the Dream Mobile Homes, and now I'm going to bring my second guest into the conversation, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He's the CEO of Muscles for Days, LLC, the chain of strength-building gyms with locations from Las Vegas to Miami. He's a former weightlifting champion and multi level marketing millionaire, and each day he works to ensure the success of one of the top fitness brands in the elite exercise industry. In his spare time, he coaches a pee dodgeball team. Please welcome Brody Shangmore. Hello, Brody.
2: Hey, 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 it's the Dean.
0: Hello, H- uh, how are you? It's great to see you, and uh, I always feel cooler when I talk to you.
2: No, I'm honored. I'm honored. I've been listening to a lot of your HCM interviews, and uh, I have to say, You're one hell of an interviewer, my friend.
0: Well, thank you. I, I... I'm already feeling put at ease by the, uh, by the congenial nature of your personality. Uh, and, and, you know, that brings me to, you know, your, your brand, your C, your CEO of muscles for days. And, uh, you really have a real like kind of elite connotation with your brand. And it really is connected to your, uh, you know, your personality as a, as a fitness personality. Right. So like, how did you get to that point where people just sort of want to, they want what you're selling as a fitness brand?
2: Look, do you want to look the best? You've ever looked in your life? Of course. Yes, I do. Then, Muscles for Days is your gym. And if you want anything else, then you go to one of these hole gyms.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, so, that's basically your pitch is like.
2: That's my 15 second pitch. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've got, I'm sure you've got many different uh, sort of lengths for different elevator lengths of time and stuff, right?
2: You know um- it. If I was in an elevator with you for two minutes, Dean? Mm.
0: You'd have a whole other thing, right? Oh, yeah.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. Do you like your body?
0: Oh, I'm terribly insecure about my own body, really.
2: I could tell. I would be insecure about your body, too, and that's not an insult. That's just an honest assessment of looking at you.
0: It absolutely is, yeah. I don't take any offense to it at all.
2: Now, how would you like to look at your body and feel like a god?
0: Well, I don't, I mean, would that even be possible? I don't even know.
2: Are you, are you giving me the two-minute version? It wouldn't be possible at a different gym. But if you came to Muscles for Days, you'd that's be a great. god for life.
0: Wow. I mean, that's so that's my two-minute pitch.
2: If wow. we're in a two-minute elevator ride.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that is, um, you know, I felt excited by that, even though, um, you know, it, it felt like promissory, you know, it felt like maybe overly promissory in terms sure. of like, turning me into a god. Yeah.
2: Sure. But, Dean, you have to understand, it's how you sell it. It's not what you're selling, it's how you're selling. Right. See what right, I'm saying, right. Dean? Yeah. I'm gonna i take your podcast, for example. How are you selling your podcast? Sell me your podcast right now.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, you got to put me on the spot here. Um, I I mean, I I generally, um, I will send a, a Facebook direct message to a person that I do not know. And say, uh, Hi, my name is Dean, and I have this podcast, and I am um, uh, I noticed that you like on Facebook a couple of different uh, business brands, and this is a business podcast, and I have like a whole, it's like a four-paragraph kind of pitch that I send them, uh, and then I Dean, put a bunch of links at the bottom.
2: Dean, I've already walked out of the elevator. You've been in the elevator by yourself now for the past minute just talking.
0: Oh, oh darn. Well, I mean, I would love to, you know, connect offline here and maybe get a little bit of your, uh, y- y- your advice. Um, Dean, I- that's I- not an
2: insult. That's just- just my no, no. honest assessment. I, again,
0: I don't take any uh, any offense to it at all. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about your gyms because they're all uh, they're all open again, and um, they're facing some criticism because uh, very few of your protocols have changed e- even during the pandemic. What's your response to people who are criticizing your uh, your gyms being open and not getting cleaned enough, and people being in contact with one another and all that?
2: Look, if you're scared of a little germ, hmm. then you're not the type of person who's going to work hard at any challenge that comes your way. See, that's the problem with people trying to get in shape. They use anything, anything as an excuse to not work out. And, you know, this pandemic, people are so quick to use that as an excuse not to exercise in a goddamn gym. So here's my thing. If you're scared to come into my gym, I don't want you here.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such an, a smart business strategy because you don't you want an elite uh, customer base. You don't want people who can't hack it. And if people are coming in, uh, you know that those people are the people who, you know, care about coming to the gym on a regular basis, no matter what the you know rain, snow, sleep pandemic, right? And and are also um, you know probably likelier to uh, to beat this virus because they're so healthy, just like working out all the time, right?
2: I'll be honest. If you come to my gym. You're probably going to catch COVID. But here's the thing. If you come to my gym, not only will you get a body, you'll get an antibody because you'll get COVID-19. I see. And then you will create your own vaccine in your own body. All right. So I'm working you externally and internally. I'm turning this pandemic COVID thing into my own marketing ploy. You understand how it works, Dean? Uh, Yeah. You understand how it works and what it takes?
0: a body and an antibody that's so smart and i mean i i could see that on a t-shirt really
2: oh yes you can
0: i I just wanted to mention real briefly here that uh you know you were recently the victim of a boycott um because it turns out that your founder was organizing fundraisers for like extreme right-wing politicians um even though your you know public-facing brand is more liberal so like uh People started to find out about all the machinations behind the scenes and they started a big uproar and tried to cancel all their memberships. Uh, what was that like for you and how did you weather that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of attack?
2: I welcomed it. I welcomed it. Okay. Look, do you just work out the right side of your body and not the left side?
0: Oh, of course not. No, I mean, I don't do you a lot of anyway. You work out, out both out anyway, sides, but, right? I mean, I would assume you, one would, ha- would want to be a, what do you call that? Symmetrical. Symmetrical, yeah, symmetrical uh, uh, body. No one wants a lopsided body.
2: So the thing is, if I'm getting money from the left or I'm getting money from the right, it's great both ways, baby, because it keeps right. my funding symmetrical just like your body. So mm-hmm. I didn't care. Now the people boycotting because they thought that I should think a certain way or be a certain way, I don't think anyone's way right. except right. for Bodie Shane Moore's way. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, Brody, I, uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just inspiring. And you know, like it, it actually kind of reminds me like of what Darby's doing here, because you both have something in common, which is that you basically take the criticisms of people that you're, you know, exploiting people and entrapping them and everything, and just flushing that straight down the toilet, because what you're doing is uh, so important and so successful. Is that, is that right, Darby? Is that is that kind of am I am I close here?
1: You know, there's two kinds of people. All right. There's leaders and there's everybody else. Am I right, Brody? Sure.
2: Oh, my God. You nailed it.
1: And people want to be told what to do, who to be, where to live, right. how to think.
0: That's exactly what I feel. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, some people are up for the task of telling.
0: Right. Right. Oh, I'm a, I'm definitely a strict person. Uh, being told things guy. I'm not, I don't consider myself a leader. So I'm constantly looking in the direction of people like yourself uh, and Brody to, to tell me kind of what I should be doing. In fact, Brody, I've, I was, uh, I signed up for uh, muscles for days and uh, I, I cannot get out of the contract. Um, I thought I was signing a petition to get a Barack, uh, like Barack Obama to release his long form birth certificate. And it turned out that I was being locked into uh, a three-year membership at your, at your gym, even though I live 200 miles from the nearest
2: one. Um, it's good that the gym is 300 miles away from you, because then that tells me how much you really want it, Dean.
0: Oh, Do you want it 300 miles? That's about 200, I think. But I think I've established that I don't want it enough. And uh, that's probably what makes me a weaker person, because I'm not willing to drive the 200 miles uh, Dean, 400 Dean, can I way.
1: interject here? Can I interject course, for a please, second? Of course, please. Yes. Yes, Darby. maybe yeah. what you need to fulfill your contract is a home that could move to the gym mm. and back when you wow, need interesting
2: <laughs>
0: now, I that's such an interesting point you're making, Darby, because I know that um from my research here that uh, literally eighty percent of all mobile homes never move. Uh, so I, so it's a it's a bit of a misnomer, but it does seem like maybe if i bu- if I bought a mobile home, perhaps I could move it back and forth uh, between my house and the and the nearest uh, the nearest muscles for days.
2: Sure, 80% of the mobile home zone move, but 20% of them do, Dean. That's do you funny. want to be in the 80%? That's a follower that doesn't go anywhere except for sitting down until someone tells them to move. Or Do you want to be in the 20% leaders like me and Darby?
0: Right, right. Uh, so I mean I'm just living in, you know, in this in this rented basement apartment right now. So I'm uh, you know, uh, perhaps one day uh, I could aspire to Maybe one of those chattel loans, I could get one of those high-interest loans that uh, Darby is offering to get myself I a mobile home and bring it to I would be happy to set gym. you up
1: with one, but I have to say, I am in the presence of greatness. It sounds like Brody's contracts are absolutely ironclad and tied to political right. events that will never transpire. Darby, how
0: how are Brody's contracts Tied to political events
1: Well, it sounds like you thought That you were signing something about Obama's Long-form birth certificate And so I can only assume That your contract said you could Leave the gym when it was His real nationality was proved And of course Uh, That will never happen I don't know,
0: I I honestly don't know if that's What it said or not, because I don't The person made me sign it and then they took it away and And then I never saw it again, but I keep getting the bills I want to talk Briefly about uh, each of your hobbies before we get going here, um, uh, uh, Darby. You have this hobby of making pillows and then stitching uh, little uh, inspirational sp- uh, sayings on them. Uh, How would you get into that, and what what types of uh, sayings do you like to put on these pillows of yours?
1: One day, I was I was tired and I was on my couch and I was leaning on my regular pillows and I just mm. looked at them and I thought, I don't feel inspired. Um, And so what I do is I will stitch uh, sayings, something that I myself said previously that was inspiring.
0: And and what, can you give me an example of like a sentence that
1: I have a pillow right here. Uh, As you can see, it says get the fuck out of this mobile home before I release the cougar.
0: Release the cougars.
1: And you know, I said it in a literal sense when I said it extemporaneously but now it has become more metaphorical
0: so you're saying that you used to have literal cougars and you do you no longer have them
1: that's a last resort but yes we we have released some cougars
0: so i I find that
1: peaceful and motivational
0: yeah so whenever you like if let's say you know a tenant calls you and starts complaining that the water's broken and that their rent has gone up and they can't afford it and all of that then you just kind of sort of put your fingers in your ears and you like take a breath and look at that pillow and uh, that's right. Imagine the days when you could sick a cougar on them.
1: Oh, I know those days are over, unfortunately, because cougars are endangered and they're hard to come by.
0: Well, I'm sure you'll find. You know, it's I, I've heard that it only costs about two hundred dollars to get a tiger cub. So,
1: well, that's good news. Everybody's rent just went up by two hundred dollars.
0: Oh, <laughs> everybody! Well, wow, that's that's. Uh, that's a lot of revenue. Um, and, uh, and, and Brody, you've got, uh, you've got this Wee dodgeball uh, uh, team that you coach. Tell me about that. What's it like taking a bunch of really young children and teaching them to pelt each other with balls?
2: Well, it's teaching them life, Dean. Mm. And you know, if you get hit by a dodgeball directly in the face, whether or not you cry determines whether or not you're going to make it in this life. Wow. The kids I work with are about eight to twelve in that range oh, okay. and so what you're basically asking me what is it like to turn boys into men
0: right right I mean some would call that like you know toxic masculinity or or you know
2: just uh no, it's the know. most toxic it's the most toxic because because if you're not if you can't handle the toxic masculinity right then you don't deserve. To be a man, okay?
0: And how do the parents feel about the fact that you're taking their 8 to 12-year-old boys and turning them into men, as you say, by sort of like punishing them physically
2: and mentally? The
0: parents? Yeah, the parents of the children. How do they feel about you? you... You're
2: you asking me that question as if I've actually thought and cared about that. but
0: you, you don't, Do you hear from them? Do they even talk to you when they drop their kids off?
2: Once, I had a little shriveling father walk up to me. He was about 5'8". My system was about 135 pounds. Hmm. A real weakling. Sure. And he came up to me and he said, Brody, uh, I feel like you're being a little rough on my boy. Uh, apparently he cried and you called him less of a man? And I said, I didn't say less of a man. I said sissy. And then he said, well, I was trying not to say that word because it's so crass and offensive. And I said, is there a point to this conversation? And I grabbed a dodgeball. And I said, no way choose your words rightly.
0: Wow. Wow. And uh, what did he do?
2: He started to cry. And I said, that's right. You leave. But if you don't want your 12 year old boy to end up like you, then you let him come to my practice.
0: And, then, and I guess word got around and no
2: parent ever, ever questioned me after after that. So. What,
0: what, when he was walking away from you uh, in tears, sobbing, what did you do with the dodgeball you had in your hand?
2: I threw it at the back of his head.
0: <laughs> okay, that's what I figured, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you're just a constant wellspring of uh, uh, just an education in how to be a man, right?
2: There's this whole thing now with men trying to be more sensitive and more thoughtful of their actions mm. and this whole, it's weakening men and I don't like it, Dean.
0: Is there some I reason don't like I can't it. help but notice that your eyes are kind of watering a little bit. Are you, is there something that you're holding back that you want to tell me? Cause it seems like you're getting like sort of upset, like really upset every time we talk about the idea of men sharing their feelings.
2: You know, I guess I had to flashback for a second night and, and I thought about my own dad for a little bit. And, uh, <clears throat> I guess he's the reason why I'm, I am the way I am and every now and then I question am I just furthering a pattern of self-destruction And but then I think those are weak little boy thoughts I gotta be a man so you're right Dean when you talk about feelings I don't like it because it makes me feel weak I,
0: I can absolutely <sighs> understand that I can totally relate to that Well, and that's I mean, what I try
2: to instill and these little peewees.
0: Well, that's so inspiring. And, you know, it just makes me wish that when I was a peewee that I had uh, i had somebody like yourself teaching me how to whip dodgeballs at my, uh, at my fellow classmates. Well, I, could still some, I could still
2: whip some dodgeballs at you, Dean, if you want. You just let I me know. Will, we'll
0: talk about it. I mean, once I get my loan, my chattel loan through uh, Darby here and get my, mm-hmm. new, my new double wide, uh, I'm assuming you're going to give me a great deal on that.
1: Yes. Whatever I said before, add $200 to it.
0: Okay, great. Great. Um, Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today on The Corporation. I want to thank my guests for speaking with me and our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and email me at deanardenfell at hotmail.com. And remember, Dean Ardenfell is not and has never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Cheers. Thank you both so much for coming on.
1: Thanks. It was a pleasure, Dean. Is a presentation of Unical Media. Dean Ardenfell was played by Nathan Hartswick, Darby Yamswood was played by Julia Pistel, and Brody Shangmore was played by Michael Bird. Subscribe to hear new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. For more great stuff, follow The Corporation Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and check out TheCorporationPod.com.